through freedom in Christ. Amen. Okay, let's get to it. Galatians chapter 5. Turn there in your Bible or in your scripture journal. We're coming to it here. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 to 15. If you're looking at that and going 15 verses, how are we going to do this? Uh, You're not alone. Um, We'll see how we go today. Um, We're not going to nail every single part of this. You know, the Apostle Paul just says so many things in these verses. We can't get to them all. And uh, you'll, we're going to focus on some key, key truths. But let's read it together. Galatians 5, 1 to 15. Uh, you've been sitting for a while. Why don't you stand up as we read God's word? For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Verse 7. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. All right, a lot of focus on freedom today as we come to this text. That's the key. And so when you hear the word freedom, what comes to mind? Real quick, these were some things that came to my mind. Maybe you've seen the movie Braveheart uh, with William Wallace, uh, Mel Gibson's... uh, you know, characterization of this, uh, this guy from the 13th century who led the Scottish in their fight for independence, their freedom from England. You remember him maybe lying there, freedom! You know, I won't give you my best uh, William Wallace uh, example at this time. Uh, or maybe you think of another William, William Wilberforce, who led the movement to end the slave trade. Or maybe you think of, uh, like, this picture of these crosses uh, that we have here as far as the, maybe the allied forces or those who gave their lives uh, for our freedom in world wars. This, I think, is from uh, the, the war monument in Normandy. And Tanya and I were there a couple years ago, standing there. And it is a, it is a sobering moment to, to stand there. And it's just a huge field of crosses of those who, who gave their lives uh, in those battles in that particular time as well. Or maybe you think of Martin Luther King, 
who was a prominent leader, of course, in the civil rights movement, and spoke the powerful I Have a Dream speech, which included the words, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I am free at last. Maybe this is a a couple that you don't know. Uh, This is Nick and Christine Kane, and together they lead an organization called A21, which seeks to free people from human trafficking. Freedom. Maybe other things come to your mind. Uh, Maybe you think of of Teen Challenge, which is an incredible organization that that seeks to come alongside uh, men and women who are struggling with bondage to an addiction, a substance abuse. Or freedom. Maybe you think of a convoy of truckers heading to Ottawa. (laughs) Or you think of Freedom 55, financial freedom. Uh, I'll give you this heads up. I'm, uh, I'm turning 55 in October, and I don't see that happening for me. Uh, I have other freedoms, but uh, that won't be Freedom 55 in that regard. So freedom. But what kind of freedom here is, is the Apostle Paul talking about? So I think as we've been going through this series, you kind of can understand this is, this is where he's been directing. We've, we've talked a, a lot of things, and we've said this kind of a broken record, but this is his theme throughout it, that, uh, that freedom comes in our standing before God. And this, this picture of, of perhaps a, a judge that's you know, bringing the gavel down that declares us righteous before God the Father because of faith and not because of our own effort works. Or being under the law. It's because of faith in Christ and his grace alone. But not just the judge, but also the picture of a father who calls us into his family, adopts us as his children. And, and that is, I, I think, a, a the fullness picture. Yes, we need to be declared righteous in our standing before God, but we also, freedom comes in our relationship with God and being a part of that family, adopted as sons, co-heirs with Christ, and we share in that, that inheritance. And so what we've seen today in this picture of baptism you've witnessed today is, is really that beautiful picture, too, of, of freedom in Christ. Because it, it points to the resurrection. Yes, there is death, there is burial, but there is resurrection. And what picture of freedom could be be better than than a resurrected body where we are free from from the the trials the struggles of this life free from uh you know the burden of sin all this but it's because of christ not because of us we don't raise ourselves from the dead it's being united with christ and that's where the freedom lies so freedom is before god but it's not just, just because of that in our standing, in our relationship. It actually, as Paul t- says, and we're going to get into today, it actually is, is an expression of that it lived out in our world. And that's what our world needs, needs to hear. All right, so this is the picture of freedom that Paul has revealed in this letter. And it, it really comes through in the, the three parts, you know, three full part of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see this true freedom, as we said, in relationship with the Father, And it's made possible through the Son and his work on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. But also empowered, we're also empowered and and enjoyed by the Spirit in this relationship. So 
when we talk about freedom in this context, we should say, well, what exactly are we freed from? Well, first of all, in this relationship with the Father, we are free, as Paul said, from being under the law, free from the curse of the law, that we're no longer even children or slaves, but we're actually sons, children of the Father. So that's the Father. That's his role. Because of Christ, we are free from slavery to sin and its consequences. Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 34 to 36, he says, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. And get this. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Romans 8, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Another word in Scripture which captures this picture of freedom is is redemption. And we sang this song earlier, My Redeemer Lives. And I, I probably mentioned this before. We sing this quite a bit, actually, at camp. And it's a fun song, and it's energy, probably more energy than you had. I, I couldn't tell back there. But uh, was, there, was there any clapping or dancing or jumping around or singing in circles? This section over here did. All right. Uh, but sometimes at camp when we sing this song, then I, I, if I'm speaking or if I have an opportunity, I, I ask them, okay, that was great. What is a redeemer? You know, even my redeemer, you're going crazy. What's a redeemer? I don't know. They don't know. It's not a common word that we use, but we know in, from scriptural perspective, this is what a, a redeemer is, someone that, that buys back or pays a ransom for one who is enslaved or oppressed. The redeemer is the one that steps in and bears the cost. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 1, familiar passage to a lot of us, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And so this is the, the words of the prophet Isaiah. Fast forward few hundred years later to, to Jesus, and he's in the temple, and they invite him to, to read the scroll of the scriptures, and he reads this passage. He reads it and then sits down, which is a sign of that's how they would preach from a seated position, that he was going to speak, and this is what he says. He says, today... This scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I mean, come on. Mic drop. You imagine, like, they know the scrolls, they know the scriptures, they know the prophets, and they hear this, and Jesus reads this to them, sits down and says, this is about me. I'm the one now who is, who is going to fulfill this, entering a, the, new, the new age of the kingdom that has come in Christ. The messianic 
prophecy of this, of this one who would bring this freedom to the captives was Jesus. We're not just free from these things, but we're free to. This is the, the, this first verse that, it, as it says, this is, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So he set us free, but it's, it's for a purpose. And the Christian life is about walking in this freedom, living it out. And that's going to be more of a focus on the, the last part of this ser- series in Galatians. Living it out. And to do this, how do we do this? Well, we're given the Holy Spirit to fill us, to direct us, and empower us. And so through life in the Spirit, we are free to live and enjoy the life that God wants for us. And this is what Paul says, it's a life of love and righteousness. Scott McKnight kind of puts this all together. He says, freedom is incorporated into the life of, is being incorporated into the life of God, which he mediates us through, to us through Christ and allows us to enjoy by the Spirit. Life in the Spirit. This is freedom. Okay, as we're going to go through just a few uh, observations, um, I'll try not to get too stuck on everything. Like I said, there's so much in this. This is uh, good things for you to go back and study a bit on your own, or if you have some conversations in your life groups, this is uh, good to do that. So a few things just out of this text. First of all, verse 1, this is the core of the gospel, and this is kind of the central thing that, that Paul has been building to in this whole series, this whole letter to Galatians. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Verse 13 says, too, you, brothers, have been called to freedom. You've been set free. This is what it's all about. Again, if, if anything in our context here, in our church, where you come out of here feeling like, oh, there is, there is this burden, there is everything, this is what I have to do, this is, then, then you're not hearing the gospel in its fullness, realizing that the freedom that Christ has, has won for us and offered to us is something that we live and that we own every day. He says, so stand firm then and don't, don't go back to the yoke of slavery, this burden under, under sin as you lived before Christ or under the law, specifically as, as to those who were Jews. So he says, don't go, don't go back. And, and I think if you, if you look back to the Old Testament and you see where the people of Israel were in, enslaved to Egypt for over 400 years, and then Moses leads them out, right? They go out and they say, this is, we're going to the promised land. Land filled with milk and honey. This is where the blessing of God is going to be. And they go out and they, they cross through the Red Sea. It parts and they go through, get to the other side, and guess what? There's, there's you know, either no water, no food. And they start grumbling. And what do they say? Let's go back. Let's go back. Even though when they were in Egypt, ultimately they were, they were supposed to, you know, work for Pharaoh and make bricks. And ultimately it says, well, let's make them, let's make them do these bricks for all of our building stuff, but we won't give them any straw. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know if you try. We have got nothing to make these bricks with, so you have to scrounge, you have to work so much harder 
And this is what they had to do as slaves. And so they, they go out, and the, the land of promise is in front of them. And yet, let's, let's go back. Let's go back to slavery. And Paul is saying here to, to these Galatians who, who had experienced Jesus, they knew the joy of walking in his freedom, but now have, have been confused and and this, this distorted message that these Judaizers have brought in and said, no, you, you need Jesus plus the law. He says, you're just going back to slavery, so stand firm. Don't go back to this yoke of slavery. It's not a good deal. You imagine, like, trading freedom for slavery. Doesn't sound like a good deal, right? Paul says, hey, it's me, Paul. Verse 2, he says, I, Paul... This is, who, this is who I am. This is who I am, I am speaking to you. And this could have a context like both pastoral, like we talked about last week, saying, you know, you know me. You know my heart. But also, I, I know this. This is what I lived. I lived under this yoke of slavery. I preached circumcision. I preached about the law. And now I've come out from under that, and now I'm free. I don't want you to go back to that. This is no value. This external, the circumcision way of, of living in terms of the external value of the law, he says it's, it's no value to you. It doesn't add anything to the gospel of grace. And then in verse 10 he says, <laughs> I like this, he says, I have, I have confidence in the Lord that you're going to see it my way. I've tried that with my wife one time. confidence in the Lord that you're going to see it my way. Maybe it's taking it out of context a little bit. But Paul says, you know, I'm, I'm trusting that God's going to make this real to you because it seems so obvious to me. And he says, you've been bewitched and you're being fools. He's, he hasn't spoken in very loving terms at times to them and saying like, hey, this isn't right. Time to shape up. And he says, I think God's going to make it clear to you. Okay, uh, real quick here, verse 2 to 4, it talks about, you know, choosing, if you choose to go under the law, then it's going to actually sever you from Christ. Last week we talked about there's a law system of relating to God, and then there's a grace system of relating to God. And so if you are choosing to go under the law system, he says you're obligated to obey it all. You can't just choose some things of the law if that's the system you say that you're under. Okay, so today, you know, I'm feeling like today I'm not going to tell any lies. And, and I'm not going to, you know, commit adultery today. I'm going to be obedient to that part of the law. And then, you know, the next day comes, it's like, man, like, phew, I don't know about this. I might have to tell a lie today. Uh, but I'm not going to murder anyone today. It's like, it doesn't work that way. If this is the system that you are saying that you are under in relating to God, you've got to be all in. And he says, if you choose to do that, then what happened is you're actually severing yourself from the gospel of grace that's found in Christ. You can't hold two systems of relating to God. Otherwise, Christ will be of no value. All right, he says, what counts? Verse 6, faith expressed in love. You know, faith is, is something, sometimes we hold on to, we say, well, this is just a bunch of, of things we got to believe. 
And, you know, in the baptism tank, I, I asked them, Teddy and, and Aiden, questions like, do you, do you believe this? You know, have you experienced this? Have you received this? That's, that's important. But it has to be lived out, right? Faith is, is an action. Love is the action that comes out of the fruit of, of faith. Not just a bunch of truths that we say, check off and say, yep, I agree with that. It has to be lived out. Faith is what counts. And it's expressed in love. Verse 12, I just... This is kind of my pun here, but it's a cutting remark. It's a pretty, pretty harsh thing that, that Paul says about the enemies. He says, you know, th- these guys that do the circumcision, they should just go the distance. But we're going to leave it right there. <laughs> leave that up to, to you and Paul uh, to go through that. Okay, let's go to um, sort of where, where do we stand with this? Where do we land with this today as far as freedom? And the question for you to ask yourselves, are you free? Are you free? Do you have this freedom that's found in relationship with the Father, uh, mediated through the Son and His work, and now empowered by the Spirit? Is that something that you say, yeah, I, I own that, I have that. I have that in Jesus. Because there's two spirits really at work uh, in, in us in this regard in our world today. So we're going to talk a little bit, real quick, about the spirit of the age. Okay, the spirit of the age, the culture around us. This is the, kind of the, the, the water that we're swimming in every day in our world today. And it says this, that I can be free and I want to be free. I'm free to be whoever I want to be. This is, this is freedom. I can do what I want. I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was a kid, I felt like I was 16 years old, and I got my, my driver's license and, and a used car the same day, and, and I remember when I got the keys, and, and uh, the guy said, okay, here you go, and my dad said, all right, we'll see you at home, and I drove the car from Swift Current to, to my, our farm in Main Center, uh, and, uh, and I, I, seriously, I, I had an eight-track player in there, and I, and I heard this song actually on the radio the other day because sometimes I listen to classic rock, right? Sorry. But it was like um, Armageddon or whatever. I think it was by Prism or something like that. That was the only eight track that I had in the vehicle. It was in the glove compartment. I opened it. And I'm like, sweet. Got music to listen to. Pop that in. The eight track. All these people that are younger are going, eight track? What, what is that? But that's what I had. And I, seriously, I rocked all the way home. And I was like, this is freedom, all right? I got my own vehicle, go and do whatever I want. Um, not quite. I didn't have any money to put gas in it. Uh, well, we did have farm fuel, but anyway, in any event, there was a sense of freedom. And this is what, what happens a lot of in our, our younger you know, culture. They can't wait until they get out of school and get into college life or making decisions for themselves. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden they find out adulting is hard. And they're like, Mom, I, I don't have any money for groceries. You can't live on noodles all the time. Anyways, but our world says, you know, I want freedom and I want to be able to control things myself. I want to control my own life. I do what I want and I can become who I want. And there's this idea of this personal sovereignty, a self-sufficiency. And the Bible clearly says that, that the root of that is there's a pride and there's an idolatry. Because anything that's on the throne of your life other than God is idolatry. Even if it's you, yourself. 
And the problem really comes down when you think about it being your own God. It's pretty wearying. It's pretty tiring, right? It leads to breakdown in life. You do what you want, and so suddenly addictions form. Greed. How do you think wars happen in our world and violence? There's a relationship breakdown in marriages. Self on the throne doesn't work. The flip of this is is what Paul says here in Galatians. There's a spirit of, of Christ which brings true freedom. And this is saying, I'm free to be who God wants me to be. And there is a a process in this. And it starts by by learning who I really am. And scripture tells me this. This puts the mirror in front of my face so that I can see that I'm a sinner. That I'm in need of the grace of God. Out of that, I surrender to Jesus. And even as, as Carson mentioned, that we receive a new identity in Christ. And out of that, we walk in faith. And faith expresses itself when it's real, in love. And so this is what Paul says is all that counts. Love becomes our motivator. It guards our heart and our behaviors. And so out of that, he says, don't use your freedom to satisfy or as an opportunity to satisfy your, your flesh, your, your desires. But actually, a different motivation to love others. We walk with God. And we become who God wants. And we do that through obeying him. And we'll see that. We'll walk that out more in the next few weeks. You heard it in the testimonies. There's still going to be times where we fail, where we sin. But hear this, is that being in Christ means that you are covered by his grace. And the love of God that works in you is creating, should be creating a deeper attitude and a deeper appetite for God. To know him and to love him, to serve him. And out of that, you'll see it happen in the life of our church, even as we love each other and those all around you. This is what the free life is all about. So do you have it? Let's pray. God, so much more in this uh, passage to unpack, but we, we hear the truth of it, and we know that freedom is found truly only in you. If we have the Son, we have life. If the Son sets us free, we are